Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Simon Anthony and Torty Talks. Extraordinary bright sunlight makes the scene real by the power of the illumination. It's just an ordinary existence until the sun comes out and the brightness burns its presence into at least my psyche or whatever and it feels more present, more real because I have to possibly spend less effort thinking about what I'm seeing because it's so bright. The image is painted without an unnecessary question into my head. When there's background noise, you have to concentrate to hear something. When there's poor lighting, you have to concentrate to see something. And concentration gets in the way of observation, of understanding. Because the brain uses the same processes for all these processes. And if it's already overworked by having to figure out what on earth it's looking at, it hasn't got any power left to figure out what it's looking at means. It can't gain any information from the data. And then it's impossible to construct any knowledge based on whatever information it's detected. Putting it another way, I really like the sunlight. The eclipse. So you think the world is flat, eh? Well, aside from the fact that you don't really, do you? You just want to make a fuss. Here are just a few off the top of my head. Facts to put your silly idea to bed. OK, I know facts are out of fashion these days, but fashion is something I don't believe in, so there. And I'm not just saying that for effect. I do want to make a fuss, just not here at the moment. This is just a coiled-up rant bursting out. So, how do I flatten your non-globular arguments, or indeed inflate your flat ones? My first thought is to think of a visit to the seaside. You can watch boats going over the horizon. Oddly, the bottom of the boat gets hidden before you lose sight at the top, particularly sailing boats, which are often, and have always been, very tall. The tops stick up from behind something, and then they are the first bits of the boat to be seen on the way back up. Not convinced yet? Well, how about watching the sun set on the side of a mountain? Better yet, from high up, actually on a mountain. You see the shadow of night creep towards you, not pinging up suddenly, but gradually moving towards you as you watch the sun go down. How can that happen? Well, it's easy to work out if you treat the world as being a globe. You want more? Okay. I presume you've never gone anywhere at all outside of the little valley you grew up in. No, not you, you, the you who thinks the world is flat, or at least thinks starting flame rows online about it is. Yes, that you. So, with that assumption being quite a solid likelihood that chances are you'd never have been on one of those ships that do sail past viewing and thus over the edge of the world are remote to non-existent. 
But had you done so and looked up at all, you would have noticed that the stars look different. Indeed, when you've gone far enough, none of the old ones, almost, can be seen at all. OK, maybe recognising star formations is a bit much, but what about that big star, the sun, eh? And for that matter, the moon. When you are far away, the sun goes the wrong way across the sky. That's very disturbing if you got there quickly by aircraft. I grant you that the slow pace of a voyage by ship could possibly acclimatise you to the gradual change, but surely you would have noticed the sun getting higher, then lower, as you headed south, or north if you started south. Failing that, at night, the moon is not right either. The thing is clearly, if you've looked at it at all, upside down. The phases look wrong too. You know the cartoon pictures in children's books of someone sitting in the crescent moon? Well, we northern lot would never have seen a moon that that could have been done with, even in imagination. But from the south, look up, and there it is, the boat crescent moon. OK, not totally boat-like, but much more like it than from up north. My next proof is also moon-based. I'll ignore the Galilean moons for now, as they're not that easy to see from here unaided, but our moon has no such difficulties. How, then, can it be that there is no story, legend or other explanation for something that is far more weird than the daft idea that the Earth is flat? Have you looked at the moon in the daytime ever? Really looked and thought at the same time? Well, I did, and I can't for the life of me think that I'm unique in so doing. Certainly not in the thousands of years that people have had to do so, and certainly not the few but highly skilled ancient astronomers who saw everything with exquisite accuracy. Two thousand years ago, a chap, possibly Hipparchus of Rhodes, built a mechanical computer that worked out the movements of the planets that still holds good to this day. How could they, or indeed he, have missed what I have seen? OK, I know it has been seen, and an explanation for it does exist, but it is very complex and requires the concept of a great circle and perspective over distances of millions of miles to work it out. Quite how it works, I don't even know now, but I can tell you what it looks like. Do an experiment, I thought one will do. Take a ball in a dark room and shine a torch on it. From the shadow on it, where the light can't get at because the ball has curved round and the lit side blocks it, there is a terminator, a join between the lit and the dark side. OK? Nothing odd here yet. If you look at just the ball and the line of dawn and dusk along the terminator, you can work out where the light is coming from. Obviously, yes? So what happens when the sun shines on the moon, which are both spheres? And we look at that shadow then. If you draw a line 90 degrees from the tip to tip of the Terminator moon shadow that should point at the sun, it misses. It overshoots by almost 20 degrees. That is a lot. Definitely enough for anyone who cares to look at it to notice. Now you know to look, you'll see it too. The sky is broken. Well, that's what you would think if you thought about it with any understanding of the common or garden sphere. My point here is, why is there no story 
to explain this. People back then knew the world was round, they had sailed around it and come back. They had seen the stars changed, watched the sun set from mountains, all the other stuff, so they would think that the moon was round too and that it was lit by the sun, or at least I think they would. Is there a story I've missed that even explains the phases of the moon? I need to know. People back then were very much aware of the motion of the sun and the moon, as the Antikythera device of Hipparchus of Rhodes shows. I had to look him up, by the way. The thing could work out when, and probably where, an eclipse was going to happen. Yes, I've got round to it. An eclipse. Have you ever seen one? Well, the clouds got in the way of the one I just about managed to see today. We have to wait until about 2090 before we get a total blotting out of the sun by the moon in the UK. Today was just a partial from round here. It was annular from the best viewing positions. That means there was a ring around the moon because the moon was slightly too far away for its size to be just right to block the entire disk of the sun. We couldn't see that from here, but just missing a bit of it is a wonder enough for me. I first saw an eclipse on TV, so that one doesn't count. I actually saw my first in the playground at primary school. As is the thing about memories, you, or at least certainly I, rebuild them to fit the time of remembering. So my current version of this event has it that I noticed the dappled light as it shone through a tree. Rather than round overlapping light puddles, each circle had a curved chunk missing from all of them. Again, as far as I know, this timeless phenomenon has no backstory in myth or legend. How come? Surely over the millennia people will have noticed this. It's not a fleeting thing. It can last for 20 minutes or more. So why has nothing been written about it? There must have been something written down, or at least mumbled randomly by some old codger at some point since the dawn of language. So where is it? Could this be evidence of a celestial editor of history? This observation could have led to a deep understanding of optics and celestial mechanics far earlier than we actually got it. Perhaps that Hipparchus chap knew about it. How could he not? And where did all his cleverness get lost? Hmm... The burning of the Library of Alexandria strikes me as a good explanation, so I'll settle for that then. There are other ways of watching an eclipse that don't result in going blind, which you get by the direct observation approach favoured by flat earthers, sighting required. I use a projector method, a pinhole camera is a great starting point, but it's not really bright, so it can't be seen very well outside. Making a hole in the shutters of a sun-facing window would be perfect, but not being Italian, I don't have that option. So I go for a bigger hole, magnified. Now, the more experimental of you will realise at once that there is a problem here. Magnifying the sun so as to be able to see a bit of it better is not exactly the reason for a lens. I just needed to bring it to a focus. When this is done on an ant, we get a puff of smoke and no ant. When I did this on top of the bins just now, I got a hole in my screen and a matching patch on the black plastic lid of said bin. My setup looked very professional, but clearly my brain wasn't in it as it took my nose to notice my schoolboy error. I smelt smoke. Being a modern type of person these days, I always have my phone with me. 
These phones in no way resemble the ones I used to install, but I could and did use it for my observing. But it was mostly cloudy. The puffer smoke would not have got any worse had I not aborted that operation, as the clouds had got in the way already. I could and did, though, get a very reasonable image, not despite, but because of the clouds. They cut down the light enough for my phone camera to be able to image it without burning the detector out. With no cleverness required, no mucking about with focal lengths, bits of shady cloth cover or flapping Fresnel lenses on complex supporting structures, pointing the phone at the sky and zooming in did the trick. Then the sun came out fully and blinded the detector, not killing it as I had feared, but overloading it so much that the moon-shaped bite was not visible. Or so I deduced. My projector lay in the still smouldering ruins, having fallen off the bin as I had quit that viewing session at some speed and with very slight dexterity. So I did not notice that the eclipse had actually ended. The moon had moved. It was all over. I have an Antikythera type eclipse predictor on my phone these days, but the phone doesn't have side tone. How can that be? So I can find out when and where and how long the next one will be, to the second and to the mile. But only because we know the Earth is round, folks. <laughs>